Hey, everybody. You're listening to the BioHealth Podcast with Dr. John Johnson, the show that discusses holistic living for people who love a full-body approach to biological dentistry. Today, we sit down with Dr. Kayla Borchers, a board-certified orthopedic clinical specialist, pregnancy and postpartum corrective exercise specialist, and a certified yoga instructor. Well, thank you, Kayla, for uh, joining us here today. Um, I've got some questions here that I'd like to to have you review with us and uh, so this good, valuable information, I think, for my patients as well as for yours and and uh, just have a better understanding of how the physical therapist can can help us with our overall um, health and, and well-being. Um, first of all, I'd like to know what can a physical therapist provide for a woman who's thinking of conceiving in the near future? Love that question. So I absolutely love working with women starting at about three months preconception. That is the ideal time to really lay the foundation for your body before conceiving new life. And so things that we would do from a physical therapy perspective would be to make sure that you're really connecting with that deep core and your pelvic floor through breath. So there are so many women and men walking around out there who are stuck in this upper chest breathing pattern or in that fight or flight response where they really tap into that sympathetic nervous system around the clock. And so a diaphragmatic breath or a 360 degree breath where we really see some great movement in the rib cage, but also good expansion through the abdominals, the side ribs, the backside, and into the pelvic floor. That is going to help bring more blood flow into that area, as well as connect with the muscles that surround that area. So in talking in terms of preconception and why this is important, one is to make sure that we're getting blood flow down to those organs, right? That nice, big, expansive breath is going to help, you know, bring more nutrients down into that area. And then two, we're setting that woman up for success, you know, with conception in that she's going to be less likely to have back pain or pelvic floor issues if she understands preconceptionally how to activate those muscles through a really well-coordinated way. That sounds great. Um, how, how would you continue that on to, you know, how can a fit, can physical therapy benefit the woman then once we're pregnant? Yeah. So my ideal case scenario is, you know, preconception, we meet three months later, we've conceived now, now you're pregnant. <laughs> now, now we can work on pregnancy, right? That is not always the case, but, um, you know, when it is, that's <laughs> wonderful. Um, <laughs> now that first trimester, a lot of times, you know, you may not be feeling great. And that is why preconception it's also so important to lay that foundation because you get to tap in to strength building and breath work and all of that before you're experiencing any of those side effects that pregnancy can bring, particularly in the first trimester. So, you know, in that first trimester, we're talking about ways that you can still support your body through a mobility perspective that aren't going to adversely affect any form of nausea. In fact, we can talk about ways that we can exercise and still get that physical activity that's not going to lead to increased feelings of nausea or fatigue and that kind of thing. For instance, if somebody was always, you know, doing CrossFit or Orange Theory, so more high intensity exercises, 
they may not feel up for that in the first trimester. So I may help them develop a flow in regards to yoga or Pilates or bar, where we're still moving the body and supporting the muscles around that pelvis, but we're doing it in a way that matches the way that they're feeling in that stage of pregnancy. And then moving into the second trimester, oftentimes energy levels are higher. Um, the, the female is feeling, you know, like she has more energy and is ready to get back into perhaps those activities she enjoyed preconception. And so at that point, I help the pregnant client understand ways that she can move her body in a safe manner um, to reduce any risk of injury. So understanding that the equilibrium changes as baby continues to grow. So finding that center of balance, finding how we may need to decrease overall loading if they start to get any kind of back pain, how we can modify that. And then really looking at form. So form is such a huge thing that, again, in that preconception timeframe, we can lay the foundation there too. So if they're a weightlifter, if they're a runner, looking at their form with those activities, preconception. So we have that really good foundation. But then during pregnancy, making sure that their form stays good as their body changes with pregnancy. Um, there's a lot that we can unpack in terms of pregnancy. So going into that a little bit deeper in the third trimester, my focus with clients really shifts to how we can prepare the body for birth. So specifically how we can prepare the pelvis for birth. There are three bones that make up that pelvis and the birthing position can really influence how mobile that sacrum can be to allow space for baby to descend through the birth canal. So we can chat about birth positions and, you know, where the client is comfortable there. And then also preparing the pelvic floor muscles for birth, because those are muscles just like any other muscle in the body. And we want to help those muscles be more adaptable and know how to lengthen and essentially get out of the way whenever it is time for birth. And so getting those muscles going and being ready for that expansion, that's got to help with the uh, possibility of birth trauma. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. So we can absolutely reduce the risk of tearing during vaginal birth by doing things like working on hip mobility during pregnancy. So we want really good internal and external rotation in the hip joints because that links up directly with a tight pelvic floor as well. To help prepare the body for birth, things that we can do to reduce birth trauma, the main focus there is how can we reduce risk of tearing? How can we help baby descend into that birth canal in a very holistic manner? to prevent the need for any additional intervention during the birthing process. And so what we're looking at prenatally is that we can work on hip internal and external rotation. So if we have really tight hips, it oftentimes means that that pelvic floor is really tight as well. Now, during a vaginal birth, that pelvic floor's job is really to get out of the way. So a lot of times people think that the pelvic floor muscles are what push baby out and that is simply not true. So it's really those uterine contractions that are going to keep pushing baby down. And the pelvic floor's job is to actually lengthen and get out of the way. And so if that uh, floor, yeah. So if that pelvic floor is staying really tight, we have an increased risk of 
a prolonged pushing stage and an increased risk of tearing or where an episiotomy may be brought into play. And so, A, we work on hip mobility. B, we work on breathing in positions where that pelvis is in a nice open position. So think of like a deep squat, like a malasana squat in yoga. So for that, I'll have clients support themselves from the front, like holding on to a banister or something nice and sturdy. And they can externally rotate those knees as they sink deep down into a squat, practice some deep breathing there. That's great for that earlier stage of labor, that baby's moving down. Now, as we get to the stage of labor where we're ready to push baby out, that's when we want to shift to a little bit more of knee internal rotation. So knees in, feet out at hip internal rotation. And then that's going to open the pelvic outlet to help baby move down and through. So that's looking at things from kind of a bony perspective. The muscles of the pelvic floor are very important to address during pregnancy as well, particularly in the last six weeks of, you know, 40 week traditional pregnancy. So to specifically address the muscles, we can do something called perennial massage. And I instruct patients on how they can do that for themselves at at home. And so that is actually getting into the vaginal opening with their fingers and stretching that area. And so you would insert the fingers there and pull to one side, holding for a few seconds and then moving around to the backside. So the fingers are pulling towards the tailbone, holding there for a few seconds, getting to that opposite side and then to the front. But there's not going to be much muscle expansion to the front because we hit that pubic symphysis bone right away. So what do, what do you think about um, birth trauma for the baby? So in terms of birth trauma for the baby, you know, anything that we're doing to help prepare mom for delivery is going to help reduce any risk of birth trauma to baby. Now, something I haven't touched on yet is breathing through pushing. So how we can practice breaths and pushing during later stages of pregnancy. Really, I don't introduce this until we're like at least 37 weeks into pregnancy. And what we do is we can practice the different birthing positions. So, you know, you can give birth on all fours. So let's practice what it feels like to do an exhale and to feel kind of that almost like bearing down or pushing motion down into the pelvic floor while also making sure that you're relaxing those muscles and opening through those muscles. So you can do that through either an open glottis or a closed glottis breath. So open glottis is when we're going to like hear that breath come out, that, that open mouth exhale. Closed glottis would be that glottis, that opening is closed off. And so it's more almost that like bearing down kind of pushing. Um, so typically I'm recommending open glottis because what the jaw is doing really mimics what that pelvic floor is doing. So it's going to help it be more relaxed, but there are times where we need to, you know, get that closed glottis breath in there too. So just helping the client understand ahead of time, those different options and feeling what it feels like down in that pelvic floor will help them connect to if they're actually relaxing the area or tightening it. Now, what that does in terms of baby and birth trauma is we can help slow the birthing process if we need to. So if baby is coming really fast, okay, we know what it feels like to relax and fully open that pelvic floor. 
Let's instead take some smaller breaths and like actually ease baby out so we can slow things down or, okay, we practice this ahead of time. We know what it feels like to relax that area and kind of let the body do its thing. Then that will help reduce the pushing time so that it's not an extremely long pushing process. We've now got the baby out and we're now, you know, weeks and months after the birth. Mm -hmm. What should mom be doing for her body? now to recuperate and recover from carrying this infant in her all these months and and then the the stress and trauma of the birth um what would you be doing with the mom for the next weeks and months after the birth yeah so this is such an exciting timeline you've been creating this new life within you and then Now I, as the physical therapist, if I've been working with you during pregnancy, now I get to meet that new life too. So it's really fun when mom comes back in with baby. And I personally do in-home fourth trimester visits. So that first 12 weeks postpartum, because, you know, baby's schedule can be all over the place. And so for those first two weeks, I just really tell mom, you know, connect with your baby, do skin to skin, focus on lactation, get support if you need help there. But after two weeks, there there really is so much that we can do for mom to help her healing process. And women do not need to wait until six weeks postpartum to seek out physical therapy. So a physical therapist, well-versed in pelvic floor physical therapy and or with specializations in prenatal and postpartum care can absolutely begin working with you really immediately postpartum, but I usually do that two-week bark just to give mom some, some time to focus on that connection with baby first. So at two weeks, we work on reconnecting with her breath. So connecting with breath, getting that deep core engaged, getting that pelvic floor lifting up, but also feeling that length because what sometimes happens after birth is people think their pelvic floor is weak because of what they just went through. But what in reality can happen is that it over tightens. So there was just this huge expansion and now it just over tightens. So think of a muscle that worked really hard and you have knots in it. The same thing can happen in that pelvic floor. And so a lot of times that can be the issue that can cause things like leakage or pain with sex down the road, or even like deep hip pain or buttocks pain. And it's not necessarily that the pelvic floor is weak. It's that it's overly tight. So we learn to lengthen before we strengthen. We look at the rib cage angle. So I measure the rib cage angle postpartum and that should sit around 90 degrees. So the area I'm looking at here is literally if you put like your fingertips to meet underneath your sternum, what that angle is at the bottom part of your rib cage. During pregnancy, the rib cage expands to allow room for baby's growth and development postpartum, it doesn't automatically come back in. So we can do gentle rib cage mobilizations to help that come back to its natural resting position. And then I instruct different mobility exercises to reduce any pain or tension, especially headaches, neck pain, low back pain, shoulder pain, super common postpartum because we're holding baby constantly or nursing baby or feeding baby. And so instructing ways to support the postural muscles and then the spinal mobility to help decrease any pain if it's present and to prevent any pain from occurring in the first place. You know, ideally it would be every two weeks we touch base. So two weeks, four weeks, six weeks. So then at six weeks, you know, that would be after their appointment with their OBGYN or their midwife. Okay. They get the extra clearance from them. 
We're confident that everything is looking good. That would be the point that they could get an internal pelvic floor assessment if that felt needed. So we wouldn't do any internal assessments prior to six weeks postpartum. So if that was needed, we could incorporate that. And then we progress from there. So just a slow and steady progression. You know, really the thing I want to harbor down on here is we don't go from doing nothing for six weeks to all of a sudden, okay, six weeks and run one day, I'm going to go back to CrossFit. I'm going to go run. Like that is where injuries happen. And when I was in a sports medicine facility, I was seeing women after that fact, right? Like they did nothing. They were given their clearance at their six week appointment. And then they went and ran or then they went to CrossFit and they were coming in with prolapse or back pain or labral tear in their hip. I mean, so many different conditions that could have been avoided had they been instructed on a slow and steady progression back to the activities they enjoy. So we incorporate body weight strengthening first, go from double leg to single leg strengthening. Okay. We're doing good with single leg squats. Now let's add some hop holds. All right. Now from hop holds, we're not getting any pain leakage. Now let's introduce a walk jog program. So it's just a slow and steady progression back towards their goals. Now, any kind of impact or plyometrics, we don't want to introduce prior to 12 weeks. In rare cases, we may say 10 weeks. If it's, for instance, a professional athlete, you know, they were very high level for running an impact before, but typically we say, let's wait until 12 weeks postpartum for any kind of impact activities, because we need to allow that healing process to occur first. And we need to allow time to build that strength back up because when we run, when we take on impact, we're taking up to eight times our body weight. And so we can't only go straight from body weight to then doing those things. We want to make sure we're getting some strength training in there too. So in terms of overall timeline, you know, at least 12 weeks that we get to that point where we can progress then into the return to running impact activities. Because even if they're not a runner, they need to be able to run across the street for, with their kids for safety, you know, that kind of thing. So 16 to 24 weeks would be pretty typical that I would work with somebody through. So in general, you know, remembering that exercise is so beneficial for both mom and baby during pregnancy and postpartum. So exercise helps reduce risk of gestational diabetes, preeclampsia. It's going to help improve mood. So reduce feelings of depression or anxiety or, you know, postpartum depression. And so knowing that exercise has more benefits for both mom and baby outside of just strength and mobility, right? We talked a lot about strength and mobility, but I don't want to forget about all of those big picture health benefits that exercise and movement does have. And so, you know, in terms of preconception, if you're somebody who's thinking about conceiving in the near future, start a good solid exercise routine now that you feel good about, because then that's just going to be so much easier to incorporate throughout your pregnancy and then return to postpartum. If you're somebody who's currently pregnant and you weren't active before, it's okay. You can still start incorporating things. I think Women were so scared out of don't start anything new during pregnancy, but you can go out on a 20 or 30 minute walk. Like maybe you don't start there if you weren't a walker before, but like you can start gentle new things. And, you know, of course, check with your provider. If you're a more high risk pregnancy, especially, you know, they may have specific guidelines for you, but I think we need to reduce the fear around movement during pregnancy and postpartum because there are so many benefits to it. And a lot of times we just talk about like the risk involved. Yeah. 
I can appreciate that. Yeah. yeah I know every time I go do my, do my exercises and my stretching or my Pilates, I like, man, I feel good. Right. It's just that mood boost, that endorphin boost. So think of how important that is for a mom who's on maternity leave at home, you know, and maybe not seeing anybody all day, like getting that little mood boost is so helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been just super. I really uh, appreciate all your insights on this. And I'm sure some of our listeners will really be able to take some of this to heart and uh, apply it to their lives or, or share this information with uh, other people that are in their circle of influences and uh, be able to help moms in the conception and in the pregnancy and in the post delivery phase of, of everything. But uh, it's just been great having you be part of our podcast today. And uh, we'll just thank you so much. It's been, uh, yeah. been great. Thank you so much for having me. And if anyone wants to connect or has any specific questions, you can find me at drkaylaborchers.com. So it's dr. Kayla Borchers, my full name.com. I have a blog on there with some great free resources, as well as a way to join my email list, my community there, where I send out resources on a biweekly basis to really help just moms and active families in general really support their overall lifestyle wellness. Super duper. Mm-hmm. I was just going to ask you for all that good information. You just gave <laughs> it all. Very well, perfect. <laughs> and, and I do, I, I do one-on-one appointments as well. So I'm located in Columbus, Ohio. I do one-on-one physical therapy here, but I also do virtual one-on-one holistic health coaching. So no matter where you are, I would love to connect one-on-one as well. This has been the BioHealth Podcast with Dr. John Johnson of Midwest BioHealth. You can listen to more of Dr. Johnson's recordings by visiting us online at www.midwestbiohealth.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on the next episode.